dear friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to PQ&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Ricardo, minister to the Prospect International and Elizabeth SDA churches here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. And I'm thankful that God allows us to share His Word with you today. Whether you are at home or in the car driving back from work or studies, I pray that you'll be blessed by today's show. This week, we're following the theme, Essential Steps to Walking with Jesus. And the big question for today is, does God have a calling for me? To help us answer this question, we have Marty Thompson with us in the studio. Marty is the pastor of Sterling Seventh-day Adventist Church and Grace Adventist Center. Welcome, Marty. Thank you, Ricardo. It's a, it's great to be here. It's so good to, to have you here, too. Great topic. It is, it is. I'm really looking forward to um, answering this question. Um, for um, the world segment that we normally share, um, I read an article that was a bit long, but I'm just going to share um, a section of it because I thought... Uh, it raises a, a couple of questions that I, I want you to help me answer after I read this. Uh, the title of the article is Kenya Closest Churches Over Starvation Massacre That Kills 427 People. This is from August 21st. Nairobi, Kenya. Months after a Kenyan pastor forced his followers to starve to death to meet Jesus... The government has banned his church and four other uh, others to protect citizens from religious extremism. The Register of Societies announced on Friday, August 18th, that it had deregistered Paul Mackenzie's Good News International Ministries, founded with an end times message in 2003 and known to Kenyans as the Shakaola cult. Um, earlier this year, authorities learned that Mackenzie, the self-appointed leader at, uh, of the group, had been asking his followers to, believe it or not, fast to death in order to expedite their entry to heaven. When many obeyed and, and starved themselves, the, their bodies were quickly buried in shallow graves in the expansive uh, Shakahola forest in the coastal country of Kilifi. So, um, unfortunately, by August, the total number of deaths in what is being called the Shakahola Starvation Massacre had reached 427 people. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. How can someone get to the point of so blindly following a preacher? Uh, yeah, this is this is a real mystery, but um, it it makes me think of one of the great chapters of the Bible, Pastor Ricardo, Matthew mm -hmm. chapter twenty four, where Jesus says in verse eleven, he says, "In the end times, this is the context. In the end times, he says, then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many." And so, more than anything else, that Jesus warns about in the last days is actually deception, mm -hmm. and clearly. The nature of deception, the danger of deception, is that you are actually unaware that you are deceived. 
And so if you were to ask those individuals who had starved themselves to death, if you would have said, look, are you deceived? Are you following, are you in a cult? Are you following a false prophet? They would have said, no, this is the truth. This is, this is where God wants us to be. This is what God wants us to do. And so the question really is, I guess, around how do we be, uh, how do we protect ourselves from deception? Because we can easily look at that and say, oh, look, you know, that was so foolish. But the reality is, the Bible actually describes deception as being rampant in the last days, so much so that the average person these days is is going to be in a deceived state. That means, yes. and if you ask them, you say, hey, are you deceived? They'll say no. <laughs> but that's exactly how deceived people think. They're not aware they're not that they're aware. actually deceived. And out of all the things that Jesus warned us in Matthew 24, when he was asked about the sign of his second coming at the end of the world, he repeatedly mentioned false teachers, false prophets, false Christs. Absolutely. Right? It's he like he's repeating word. it over and over again to, to emphasize this point. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. And I think that's the danger of deception because, for example, I'm wearing a black jacket, right? If I came to you and said, um, hey, uh, Marty, do you like my red jacket? You would go like, come on, you're, you're, don't be so full. But um, that's the thing with deception. In order to deceive people, you need to come with something that is very close to the truth, but not not so much. And that's, that's why... Um, it is not not so easy sometimes to to determine whether that that, that message is true or false according mm. to the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that uh, if people would study their Bibles for themselves, would it be easier for them to identify false teachers or false preachers? There's, yeah, I, I do believe that, Pastor Ricardo, and that's why I think God has given us one of the reasons He's given us the Bible is is both to reveal. God and his plan of salvation, but also to reveal error and to protect us from error. So, so the Bible both reveals truth and reveals God, but at the same time, it does expose error. And I think of, I think of a few texts of scripture. I think of Psalm 119, 105, which says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So when you think of a lamp or a light, that's something that 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 shines in the darkness and mm. and it and it, it dispels darkness and in a world where there is where we are surrounded by countless countless individuals who claim to have you know the answers the truth mm-hmm. countless i mean you know even even in the religious world uh, just just on saturday i i spoke on a subject called why so many churches and, you know, recent statistics are saying there's 45,000 different Christian groups worldwide. Amazing. You know, I mean, talk about deception, right? I mean, mm. that there's the, the Bible says one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Yes. Um, in the early church, it was only one mm. church, you know, but, but there is deception abounding. And how do we actually navigate through it all? We have to know God's word personally. And um, I like Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 20. Mm. It says, To the law and to the testimony. So, in other words, Mm -hmm. to the Bible. If they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. And it's interesting. It doesn't say there's no love in them. Mm -hmm. Because it's possible for, um, you know, 
to to produce it's it's possible for for um you know, people to come across as very loving and very kind and very nice, and often that's the case. People will yes. say, so they'll say, look, I, I trust this person because they're so kind, they're yes. so nice, they're so good. But that's not what the Bible says is the standard of truth. There are very nice and kind and loving people from all sorts of different walks of life that have all sorts of different beliefs, but it doesn't necessarily mean that what they say is absolutely mm. truth. We have to go back to the Bible. Very good. And, and even if they perform miracles, if what they say is not according to the Word of God, then they are false teachers. That's so um, so so important, right? And um, I I feel for the people that they 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 are honestly seeking for truth, and they really believe that they are doing um, God's will, but. Um, but they're not, obviously, when you read the Bible and compare. You know, God never asked us to starve to mm. death, for example. Mm. These I, people are really honestly doing that, thinking that they're going to see God the next day. You know, when you read a story like that, it is so heartbreaking mm. because, yeah, here are people who have been totally convinced mm -hmm. that what they're doing is right. And, and you know, David Koresh, uh, Marshall Applewhite, you know, there have been various cult leaders over, over, over time. And this is what happens, you know, sincere people end up uh, going down that track and um you know and it's it just is heartbreaking and i think not only heartbreaking for those individuals but for their family members for for people that know them and um and i think this is where we you know i guess our minds we've got to kind of protect what actually goes into them you've actually got to you've discernment can only let me put it this way mm -hmm. A lot of people allow a lot of rubbish to go into their heads mm. and they think, oh yeah, you know, it's not real anyway, it's not going to, but it actually does affect our judgment because whatever you put into your mind does actually influence how your mind works. There's parts of your brain that it, it part, parts of our brain don't distinguish between what's, you know, what's fantasy or what, and what's reality. And, um, and you see this especially with young children, you know, they'll watch something and the next thing they'll be running around the house pretending that they are that thing. <laughs> I used to yes. do that when I was little, <laughs> you know, and that's mm. because our minds are very, very, um, sensitive, if I could mm. use that word. And so I think a big part of it is we actually have to saturate our mind with the scripture. We actually need to study it daily. Know the word of God. When when the devil came to tempt Jesus, Jesus said, it mm. is written. Mm. He could quote scripture and that's what protected him against the devil's deceptions. And true. it's going to be the same for us. For sure. So I can see that there's a lot of honest people out there being deceived, looking for answers and... Um, it brings to mind uh, what Jesus said in John um, ten sixteen, where he said, uh, uh, "There's sheep that are not of this fold. I have sheep that are not of this fold in other folds." Um, but then he added something. He said, "I must bring them also." So it's true that there's a lot of honest worshippers out there in different religions, different denominations, Christian denominations. But God is calling everyone to follow Him only. And his word. Excellent. Very good. Um, 
And I think we need to pray for for these people who are for all of us, you know, to to always come to the truth daily. Thank you so much for your comments, uh, Marty. They're very much appreciated. Let's come to some music now before we actually try and answer the question, the big question for today.
Sweet Deliverance, You'll Say His Name. Our giveaway for this week is the book called Steps to Christ by Ellen White. And let me tell you, dear listeners, this book is actually exactly what the title says. If you read this book, it's just a, it's just a little book. It's easy to read. Uh, it'll take you really closer and closer to Jesus. It will show you how to achieve peace of mind, a clear conscience, it is a treasure to have. If you would like to have a free copy, please text us uh, on 04888-808-11. The code is SA132. SA for South Australia, 132. No spaces in between. SA132 on 04888-808-11. That is 04888 808 11. And you can also text that number with your questions or comments at any time. Um, you're more than welcome to do that. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM, Drive Time BQ&A, right across Australia with Pastor Ricardo. My co-host today is Pastor Marty Thompson. And Marty is the pastor of Sterling Seventh-day Adventist Church and Grace Adventist Center. This week we're following the theme, Essential Steps to Walking with Jesus. And the big question for today is, does God have a calling for me? Marty, what do you think? Has um, actually everyone received a call from God? Yeah, absolutely. The Bible says, um, you know, the Bible describes the mission of God's people to go and um, make disciples of all the nations and and um yeah absolutely god has a calling god has a a purpose he has a plan he's got plan a b c and d awesome <laughs> for our lives and hopefully we will you know pick pick plan a but uh, um yeah god absolutely the I, I love that promise in jeremiah 29:11 where god says i know the plans i have for you declares the lord amazing. plans to prosper you and not to harm you to give you a future and a hope so God has a plan for every single person on this earth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Excellent. I'd love to hear um, how you would like to answer this question. You know, and a big part of that plan is that um, 
that we would actually be a part of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And first of, of first, firstly, that involves coming to know Christ. The Bible says that, uh, that God desires that, um, that all actually would, uh, be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So God's ultimate plan for every single person is that they would come to know Him. Mm-hmm. That they would come to have a relationship with their creator. That they would come to recognize that their life is not just, just a product of, of chance, but rather that they were shaped and molded and made by a God who loves them mm-hmm. and a God who, who cares. And, and when we come to know God, that's really when we begin to understand our purpose. Okay. It's one of the amazing things about, you know, having having faith. It answers those big questions in life. You know, where did I come from? From Why am I here and where am I going? This is really answering the question, why am I here? Mm-hmm. You know, many, many people go through life without actually adequately answering that question. And, you know, there's... Uh, one of the one of one of the psych, psychologists or um, psychiatrists, uh, um, uh, Victor Frankl, he used to say that uh, unfortunately for many people, the meaning of life only becomes apparent right at the end of it. The problem with that is obvious, you know that that life's kind of come to an end and and now that's when people realize what really actually mattered mm. in life and yet it's too late and so um the topic we're going to sort of touch on today although i'm going to focus on what purpose god gives us once we come to know christ um yeah that that is absolutely essential when you have meaning when you have purpose mm. It gives you a reason to get out of bed in the morning. It, 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 it's what gives you a spring in your step as you go throughout the day. It's even what gives you meaning in the midst of suffering and difficulty. So everyone needs to have a clear understanding of why am I here? What is God's plan for me? And I guess that once you know who you are, where you're coming from, who you are, uh, that helps you know what you're supposed to do. Like if, if I was a paramedic, for example, I would know that my mission is to save lives. If I was a teacher, my mission is to teach. Mm-hmm. You know, but in, in the spiritual realm, if I know who I am, then it will be much easier to know what my, what my mission is, what my God's plans for me would, would be. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as we come to have that relationship with God, our that purpose for our life becomes quite clear. Mm-hmm. So I wanted I want to focus on God's plan for us in terms of actually being 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 individuals who actually make a difference in this world. Jesus came, the Bible says Jesus himself said, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. So if you if you Look at the life of Jesus and you look at his mission, it really boils down to this one idea that Jesus came to save people. He came to save them from sin. He came to give them eternal life. And God's mission, when you commit your life to God, his mission becomes your mission. You become a part, um, just a small cog in this huge 
mm. effort, this huge work that God is is saying will take place and is taking place across the world, mm. that everyone will get an opportunity to respond to the good news of Jesus Christ. And so that's that is if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, then that is your purpose. That is your that is the meaning to follow in the footsteps of Jesus and to actually share Christ with others. So the the description of God's mission, the mission of Jesus to come and to to say to seek and save that was what was lost uh, makes me feel pretty important. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, it's powerful, isn't it, to think mm. that that God would would see so much value in us that He would be willing to come and seek a relationship mm. with us and seek to save us, and it is that is what what moves our hearts to actually be a part of this mission when you recognize that every person is of infinite value because Jesus died for every person. Yes. There's not a single person Jesus didn't die for. God cares for every person, Mm -hmm. and so God wants us to take the good news of Jesus, the saving message of Jesus, to as many people as possible. In fact, some of the final words of Jesus was, Go therefore... And make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so, Jesus' call for his disciples, if you're a disciple, he calls you to be a disciple maker. Mm -hmm. He calls you to share with others. And there's an interesting phrase in that, in that text. Mm -hmm. My understanding is that the, the, the command or is on the make disciples, mm-hmm. not on the go. The go is actually just a way of life. It's saying, it's basically saying, as you go, mm-hmm. make disciples. So in other words, as you go indicates in your daily life, you have a mission. In your daily life, and your when whether you're at school, whether you're at university, whether you're at work, whether you're a parent who stays at home with the kids, taking care of the kids, raising the kids, you know, whatever, whether you're retired, whatever stage of life you're in, as you go about mm-hmm. life, there's a mission, there's a purpose, and that is to actually help people to come to into a relationship with Christ. So, sharing Jesus. We should not look at it as, as an event every once in a while. But sharing Jesus is a lifestyle. I love that. Right? That's that's a great way to, to put it. As long as you're breathing, you should be sharing Jesus. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I like that. Um, you know, Jesus says to his people, you are the light of the world. And this is imagery which was borrowed from the Old Testament sanctuary. And the light, the candlestick in the holy place of the, of the sanctuary was to be kept lit 24-7. It was to never go out. And that's the, that's the same idea for Christians today. We're 24-7. You know, there's, there's to be this constant, um, connection with Christ. And as that connection is, is maintained constant, my witness for Jesus is also to be constant. And, um, yeah, this idea of, you know, switching on and switching off, just, uh, no, no, no. (laughs) That's, Jesus wants us to be, yeah, that, that lifestyle of, of, of serving him. Because our mission or purpose is to share Jesus as we speak, as we do things, as we relate to others, not just by giving a Bible study or preaching a sermon if you have the chance to do that, but 
just the way you treat others absolutely speaks volumes right it does and it's interesting like you say you know sometimes when you think about sharing jesus with others yeah we think you know opening the bible and 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 sharing that with someone or preaching a sermon but there are so many ways in which we can actually share christ with with others in fact there's a parable which jesus told in matthew chapter 25 and it's it's quite an interesting parable there are there's a there's a master who's going to be going away and then coming back and of course that would represent jesus who is going to go, who, who who you know ascended to heaven and he says i will come again and he leaves his servants with with money, actually. Mm. And he says, look, here, for you, I'm going to give you five talents. That was a lot of money back in that day. The other person, he says, here, I'm giving you two talents. That's still a lot. Mm-hmm. And the other person gets one talent, which is still a lot. Yeah. And he says, use it. And um, and when I come back, I want to look at, uh, you know, how you've actually managed what I've given to you. And to... to to basically get to the, um, you know, to the application, it means that every single follower of Jesus has been given some kind of talent, some kind of skill, some kind of resource, um, some kind of life experience that can be used to actually help God's kingdom to grow on this earth. I, I like that because you just said that the one who received less... That was still a good amount. It was one talent. That, that's like 6,000 days of work. <laughs> you could do lots of things with that. Absolutely. It was, it was a lot of money in the, in those days and, and a lot of good could be done with that. I think sometimes it's interesting in the parable. It's the, the, the person who received one talent who didn't use their talent. And oftentimes we can, Look at others and we can say, ah, oh, you know, they're more, they're better at that or they're, they're better at that. And, and we can excuse our, um, we can excuse our, I guess, lack of witness by saying, oh, look, uh, someone else would do a better job than me. Whereas th- the parable is indicating to us that no matter, no matter what your talent, no matter if you're not the smartest, not the best educated, doesn't matter. God's not looking for someone who's the smartest and the most educated. He's just looking for someone who says, Lord, I'm willing. I want you to use me. I want my life to make a difference, a positive difference in this world. And if you put your life in God's hands, then God can do amazing things. Because it's his, it's his work at the end of the day, and he makes himself responsible for its success. If we simply say, Lord, put my life in your hands, then God will do amazing things through us. I, I want to, I guess I want to also emphasize, Pastor Ricardo, that this whole idea of everybody receives a talent, it does away with this whole idea of like ministry it does away with the idea that ministry is only for professionals, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for the paid ministers and and all of that kind of thing. That, is, that certainly wasn't the model of church that, that Jesus had in mind. Right. You know, when, the, when Paul describes the church as a body, he's basically saying, hey, every single part has a function. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody's going to do different things, you know, serve in different ways and have different strengths and different passions and different interests. Mm -hmm. 
But find out what that passion is. Find out what that interest is. Do something to further God's work rather than kind of just sitting on the sideline. You know, or even worse, dare I say, sitting on the sideline and and criticizing those who are actually doing something, (laughs) who are actually in the arena. It happens. Um, (laughs) You know, it's vitally important that we don't Mm. indulge in any kind of spectator Christianity. True. That is not what God has in mind. People tend to think that the most important one is the one who's up there preaching. Uh, and, And they see that that's the only thing that we do at church. But there's a lot of things that are involved in sharing Jesus in in, in a church environment, right? Uh, everyone is important, no matter what they do. Um, I remember an, an illustration about um, this uh, young man telling to his uh, fiance, "You know, I love your eyes. You have so beautiful, such beautiful eyes. I love your eyes, etc." And and you hear that all the time. But have you ever heard a young man telling to his fiancée something like, I love your pancreas. You have such a beautiful pancreas. <laughs> yeah, that would be weird, right? And yet, if you think about this, uh, can you live without your eyes? Well, you can. But can you live without your liver or your pancreas? You cannot, Right. And I think of a church, for example, you know, you, everyone looks at the preacher, oh, yeah, the preacher. But, but think mm-hmm. of those who are working behind the scenes, those, the greeters, those who do the, the music and all. They are maybe more important than the ones standing up. You know, it's, if we work as, as what you mentioned, as a body, Everyone does something different, but we're all important. We cannot live without each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I think this is where, unless we are actually involved, then we're not actually experiencing the joy mm-hmm. of that complete life of meaning. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to actually be a Christian but not share your faith is a contradiction in terms. It, it, True. it can't take place and you can't feel satisfied. You know, I, I heard a story, um, there's actually a testimony of some dentists mm-hmm. from America and they were Christians and they'd go, go on to church every week. And, and I remember that one of them saying, I th- he turned to his wife one, one, one day as they're driving home from church and they just looked at each other and they said, is this, is this it? Is this the sum of our Christian experience? You know, work through the week, then, you know, get to church on, you know, they were Sabbath keepers. So, you know, get to church on Sabbath and then, you know, just carry on for another week. And, you know, they're like, is this, is this it? And they felt convicted and they began opening up, actually. They began opening up like rooms that they had in their, in their dental practice and, and actually using it for ministry, for Bible studies. Now, I had a personal experience with this when I was back in Kempsey. A mm-hmm. uh, gentleman we interviewed on Faith FM not too long ago, Andrew, he's, he's actually the local barber in Kempsey. And when he came to a relationship with God and he came to understand the truths of God's word, he ended up opening up his barber shop. And to this day, every, every week, there is a group of men that meet in that barber shop and they have dinner and they have Bible study. You know, and that's that's starting, you know, that's what it means to begin to experience, you know, the the purpose that God has for us. You know, there's uh 
there's such a joy that is found in actually sharing sharing what Jesus has done for you and and um and so you know I I just want to you know I'd like to I suppose invite our listeners Pastor Ricardo to consider mm-hmm. you know what is God calling you to do what are the skills what are the talents what are the resources what are the interests that you have that could be used for something that actually shares the truth of God's word and the love of Jesus with others. You might not be a speaker, but there are plenty of people who, mm-hmm. there are mechanics who open up their workshop and they, they do free services, free oil changes mm-hmm. for, you know, for struggling single mums or for other people who are doing it tough. There are plenty of ministries that are out there, no matter what your vocation, no matter what your education, Mm. um, whatever your situation, God can use you if you simply say, Lord, please take me, use me for for your glory. Interesting. I guess if we were to run a survey, for example, and ask the question, uh, what do you remember uh, the most about your school teachers? I'm pretty sure that more than nine out of ten would would tell you something that their teachers did, not something that their teachers said. And I think that uh, a lot of people will be benefited or will appreciate the things that we do for them. Uh, Of course, it's good to share the the Word of God by speaking and sharing a Bible study, but that has its, its place as well. Is what I'm trying to say is that if you don't mm. know how to give a Bible study because you're too shy or because of any other reasons, there's a lot of things that you can do to share Jesus. Uh, and I think that sharing Jesus is the inevitable result of um, knowing him day by day. Absolutely. Yeah, totally agree, Pastor Ricardo. Um, let's come to some music uh, before we continue, maybe bringing some practical applications to this um, question for today. When I pause in the hush of His holy presence so still I can hear each whispered word When I pause to pray I enter His cathedral These are the times when God sings so there are times when I cannot feel his My Lord has been there all 
song that was the Isaacs when God seems so near and our giveaway for this week is the book called Steps to Christ by Ellen White and I want to encourage you dear listener if you haven't read this book read it get a free copy Steps to Christ will tell you how to get closer to Jesus in a very simple and practical way it's just 13 small chapters that you can easily read and it will be worth it It will show you how to achieve peace of mind, how to know that you're forgiven, how to live at peace with God and one another. If you would like a free copy of this book, please send us a text to 04888-80811. That is 04888-80811. And the code is SA132. SA for South Australia, 132, no spaces in between. I'll say it again. SA132. Text us on 04888-808-11. And please feel free at any time to send us a text with uh, a question or a comment about any part of the program. You're more than welcome uh, to do so. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with Pastor Ricardo. My co-host today is Pastor Marty Thompson. And Marty is the pastor of Sterling Seventh-day Adventist Church and Grace Adventist Center. This week we're following the theme, Essential Steps to Walking with Jesus. And who wouldn't like to walk with Jesus? By the way, the Bible says that those who are saved will be walking with Jesus in heaven. But if you want to walk with him in heaven, you need to learn to walk with him down here as well. So the big question for today is, does God have a calling for me? And so far we've seen that God has a plan and a calling for every single person. That is exciting. Uh, Marty, I would love to, to, um, to have you continue, you know, maybe sharing some practical applications for this question. Yeah, this is, this is a, a great question, Pastor Ricardo. And, and, um, it is just so encouraging to know that God has a specific plan for each of our lives. You know, a big part of that plan, as we've discussed, is actually when we come to know Christ, He calls us to actually share His truth and His love with others. He calls us to help make disciples. Mm-hmm. Now, in my experience, I grew up in going to church every week and you know that was a part of my my lifestyle and i certainly had a desire to share what i believed and share jesus with others 
But I found that that desire was probably crowded out with many other competing desires and competing Mm. interests and other commitments. And life can become so busy and we can be pursuing all sorts of things. I remember, I remember, um, there was a text of scripture that used to, used to trouble me somewhat. And it was actually Matthew 6.33. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And, and the reason it troubled me was because I, I felt convicted that Probably God wasn't first in my life. I, you know, when I was in school, there were other things that I was putting putting ahead of Him, and 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 study was one of those things that was, you know, it was very consuming. It was taking so much time, and it was an important thing. There was no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, God says, "Put me first, and and seek first God's kingdom." Means to grow God's kingdom. It means to work and. And, uh, and actually devote our lives to God's service rather than living a, a life that kind of serves ourselves and is more about our own personal desires and interests. A true Christian, actually, their, their desire is to actually please God and to fulfill His mission. And I remember, um, in my first year out of school, I actually went uh, with a couple of good friends and we went over to America. We went to a, a, we did a course called Arise. And this was a course where we were taught how to give Bible studies. Mm-hmm. Part of that course actually involved us going house to house, door to door, and doing surveys with people and, and asking them to see if they had any questions about the Bible and to right. see if they'd be interested in doing Bible studies. Now, up until this point, there was something that I had never been able to get into the habit of, and that was having daily devotions. Mm-hmm. My Bible studies and prayer time, would prayers were, were, were frequent, but my personal time in Bible study day in, day out, wasn't always there. Some days I'd fit it in, other days I'd be too busy, I'd leave it out. And it was interesting when I went door to door and began to ask people if they'd be interested in studying the Bible with me, the Holy Spirit began to convict me. And he said to me, Marty, you need to be studying the Bible more seriously yourself if you're going to start asking other people to study the Bible with you, you know? Makes sense. You know? <laughs> and, and so this conviction started to grow. And what I also realized was actually sharing your faith is quite challenging. Mm-hmm. And you come across you come across people who um, who will ridicule, who will mock, who will um, challenge your your beliefs, mm-hmm. and um, and so I I began to realize that my faith was not as strong as I thought it was. But what this experience did for me, Ricardo, is it drove me back to the Bible, mm-hmm. and it drove me to prayer. As I was out trying to share my faith, I realized I needed a stronger faith than what I actually had. And it drove me to Jesus. It drove me to the Bible. It drove me to prayer. And as a result, that started to become a daily experience for me. And I used to just look forward with such great desire to just spend time in the Bible, spend time in prayer, and and go into the day sensing that, God is with me, and His Word is is in my heart, and um, and I'm looking for opportunities to share it. And I think that this is, you know, this is the case for many of us. The other thing that I should mention as well 
is at that time, there were various sins and things in my life that I was struggling with. And what I noticed, and I praise God for this, what I noticed is as I started to get involved in sharing sharing my faith, and I was with a group as well. I wasn't out there by myself. I was with a group. There was support. But as I got involved in sharing my faith, because that drove me to the Bible and to my knees and to Jesus, some of those, some, some of these issues that I'd been struggling with for a while, they seemed to drop mm. off. They seemed to go away. They seemed to fade off into the background. And God gave me, I suppose, strength to mm-hmm. actually have, um, have victory in yeah, my life. That, and I, so, I praise God for that. That's so important that you, uh, you mentioned that as well, because when you, when you share Jesus, when you share your faith with others, that actually confirms your beliefs, affirms you. It 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 helps you grow stronger and stronger as well. You know, the, the way I like to think about it is this: you know, it's harder to hit a moving target, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And if we're just if we're just you know. Um, if, if we're just lukewarm Christians who are not actually active Christians, mm. then we're an easy target for the devil. He can get us caught up with all sorts of things because we're not active in our faith. Mm-hmm. But the moment you're active in your faith, you're out witnessing, you're sharing, you're asking God each day to use you, it actually gives you strength mm. to resist temptation. And I've That's- seen that in my own personal life. Amazing, Absolutely. Amazing thoughts. So we could actually say that God asked us to share Jesus in order to save us. I think that that is very true mm. because it, it actually, by actually sharing Jesus, we come to realize more of our need of Him. Mm. We come to, it also helps us to stay focused on what really matters. I think for a lot of Christians, Ricardo, when it comes to sharing their faith, Sometimes they can end up talking about all sorts of other things except for Jesus, and that isn't necessarily actually beneficial. I want to come to some points, just some take-home points, some Excellent. dot points for for um for our friends out there on Faith FM tuning in today. And the first thing is this, you know, first of all, recognize that God. God has his eye on you. God wants to use you. And so simply by recognizing that God has a plan for your life is a good place to start. God is not looking at somebody else. He's looking at you. He's got a plan for you. There's a specific work that only you can fill that nobody else can fill. I like that. The second thing is pray for a desire to reach souls for Christ. Pray, ask Jesus to put that desire in your heart. So that's being intentional. That's being that's intentional. Awesome. And that's also being honest to say if, if, if life has become, um, absorbed with, you know, the here and now and things that don't really matter for eternity, it's saying, Lord, put on my heart a burden for the lost. Put on my heart a longing to bring souls, bring people to you. Actually pray that prayer and watch and, and watch God answer that prayer. The second thing I, was, I would say is definitely, you know, pr- spend time each day in the scriptures. When you spend time each day in the scripture and then you pray and say, Lord, open my eyes, give me missionary eyes to the opportunities today. So that when you go to your workplace, when you go to your school, your university, wherever you go throughout that day, 
you've spent that time in God's Word, you've actually, you know, you've been blessed by what you've studied, you, you've seen more clearly um, God's love and His plan and His, you know, and something from the Word of God. Read Scripture daily, immerse yourself in the Bible and pray that God will give you missionary eyes. Here's another point. It's important that we don't just try and do it solo. You know, Jesus always sent his disciples out two by two. And I think there's a good reason for that. Number one, it could protect them from discouragement. True. Mm-hmm. You know, because like I shared before, when you go and you share your faith, it's actually challenging. It can be. You just you realize that there's some, you know, that there's obstacles and, you know. But if you, if you join a community of faith, mm-hmm. join a community of faith, you know, s- Connect. Go to church every week. Don't miss out. It makes a difference. Because when you are in that environment and you're surrounded by other people who, who also have that passion to, to, to share faith with others, it will actually strengthen your faith. Mm. You know, the other thing is um, you could, if, uh, if you're already going to church, you could talk to your pastor or a spiritual mentor, or one of one of the leaders in the church, and just simply say, ask them to mentor you, to train you. Say, I want to, I want to, I want to be a witness for God. You know, training is something that we um, we we shouldn't underestimate the value of training. Jesus, you know, for three and a half years trained his disciples this was not just sit down in a classroom training he actually mentored them he took them with him on the go on the go and so you know if you want to learn how to give bible studies ask your pastor say hey can i join you on one of your bible studies good idea you know i mean your pastor's going to rejoice when you ask Mm -hmm. for that he's not you know that's going to be wonderful um and I'll, i'll finish off I guess I'll just make this dot point as well by saying mm. share, serve in your area of strength. So, you know, if if um if if you're not a speaker, you know, maybe that's not the area to focus on. If you're not a singer, then then don't focus on that area. But perhaps you've got another skill. You might have practical skills, yes. or um or perhaps you you know you're a good writer, or you can mm. use media. You know, there's so many different ways that you can serve. Very good serve points. in your area. Of strength. That's why we work as a team in our church. We, we all do different things. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. He, here's, here's another point, Ricardo. Mm-hmm. Share the right amount in the right way. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we've always got to remember is that we need to reform ourselves before we try and reform others. Very, very, very true. <laughs> you know, I, I lift mm. up Jesus. You know, don't, don't argue or create conflict or become militant, but but talk about Jesus in humility, in gentleness, with conviction, but with respect and dignity for for all mm. people. And finally, follow Jesus. Don't compare yourself with others. Be faithful in the little things that God asks you to do. Mm-hmm. Each day, and God will bless you. Amazing. Thank you so much, Pastor Marty, for sharing these points with us and our listeners. Um, I'm sure that uh, we've all been blessed by that. And I like what you said. Don't compare yourselves with others because God has a special plan for each one of us. Uh, Dear listeners, unfortunately, it looks like we are running out of time now. Let's, uh, Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for calling us 
to this uh, important mission of sharing Jesus with others. I pray that all of us, all of the listeners and everyone, everyone may uh, share Jesus in different ways. Open our eyes to your calling. Help us to see how you want us to get to know you more so that we can share you in a much better way. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And this is Pastor Ricardo, and our co-host today was Pastor Marty. Thank you for joining us on Drive Time BQ&A. Please join us tomorrow as we explore the answer to the big, quest big question, is it possible to hear God? Until then, remember that the Bible says, The Lord called me from the womb, from the body of my mother he named my name. Isaiah 49, verse 1. May God bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. 